0: Thanks for checking out the Renew Life Church podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that today's message encourages you. Okay, John 14. If you got your Bibles, turn to John 14. Um, by the way, thanks a lot, Cody, for stealing some of my message today. Um, it's like he listens to the Holy Spirit or something. Um, I want to. I want to continue. Last week was well, last week was different. Um, it, it was not the normal the normal service, uh, and the first service and the second service were actually very different. And so, there was really not a lot I could, I couldn't say. Okay, let's just pick right up where we left off last week. And uh, so I, I'm going to have to kind of do a little bit of review. But if I if I'm being honest, I feel like the Lord's still breathing on this idea of, of orphans that were no longer orphans. And I want to read this from John, the 14th chapter, starting in verse 15. It says, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray to the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may, may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth. Now, I want you to think about this. I, somehow, I didn't put these all the way together. Verse 17, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him but you know him for he dwells with you and he will be with you or be in you now who is this who is this scripture talking about it's a pretty simple one anybody holy spirit jesus is telling the disciples that the spirit of truth will come he's going to he's leaving but the spirit of truth will come. But I found it interesting that I somehow just now put these together. Um, Jesus called himself, he said, I am the way and the truth. So how can Jesus be the truth and the spirit be the truth? Because the spirit of truth is the spirit of Jesus. They're all one and the same. And you'll start to see as we go through here, you literally cannot separate them. One's in the other, the other's in the other. They're all together, they're all together one. He says, the spirit of truth in the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Then he says, I will not leave you orphans. I will not leave you orphans. You were born an orphan. You may have been born into a natural family, but you are more spiritual than you are natural. And when you were born, you were born a spiritual orphan with no connection to your father. So your natural tendencies from the moment you are born are spiritual orphan tendencies. The beauty of this is Jesus says, I I will not, I refuse to leave you this way. I will not leave you this way. It's not what God had in mind. It's not his perfect plan for you. He said, so I will send, when I leave, he's prophesying, when I leave, I'm going to send the spirit of truth. Now, the only way he can send the spirit of truth to dwell in us, if Jesus does a redemptive work to cleanse our spirit from all unrighteousness. So he can join us with the spirit of truth or the spirit of Jesus that we're no longer called slaves or servants, but we are called sons. So what Jesus did and what the spirit of truth is still doing in you on a regular basis. That's why, that's why it's so important that we learn to be led by the spirit. We'll talk about some, this maybe more later. Because when we're being led by the spirit, the spirit is leading us into sonship away from being an orphan. The Spirit of God is constantly talking to you about who you are as a son, pulling you out of this orphan spirit, this orphan mindset, this orphan behavior. But you have to understand something. You were actually born a spiritual, a spiritual orphan. John 14, 7 says, if you, if you had known me, you would have known my Father also. This is Jesus speaking. And from now on, you know him and you have seen him. So Jesus is telling the disciples, so just so you know, you've already seen the Father. You've seen him. And good old Philip speaks up. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father. This is where if I was Jesus, I'd gone sarcastic. I'm like, Pete, Philip, are you listening? I literally just said, You've seen the Father. And your first question out of your mouth was, Can I see the Father? <laughs> Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So, how can you say, Show us the Father? When you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. When Jesus left, he said, I'm going to send the Spirit of truth. So if you're following the spirit, you're following Jesus, who Jesus is the Father, the Father's in him and him in the Father. So at all times what Je- what what Jesus came to do was redeem our was to cleanse our spirit from unrighteousness so he could join the spirit of truth so that the, S- the spirit of God could continually lead us into our place as sons and daughters, no longer slaves, no longer orphans. There's a reason, it's so funny how just the simplest things can impact you at different times. Jesus teaches the disciples to pray, and it's what we now know as the Lord's Prayer, right? What are the first two words of the Lord's Prayer? If you just stopped right there, you could live right there for a long time. (laughs) Our Father, some would say the audacity for you to think, to liken yourself to Jesus. I would say, I didn't liken myself to Jesus. Jesus likened himself to me. When he said, pray this way, our father, our, mine and yours, this is, this is our father. You have a father. You're not an orphan. If, if, you, had a, if you had a poor earthly father, here's the good news. You have a really good heavenly father. If you have been wounded by a spiritual father, I have really good news for you. You have a better heavenly spiritual father who is good. And I I think it's important that we all address this from from day one. Uh, Just understand, no human being, natural father or spiritual father, can father you the way the heavenly father can. It's not going to happen. Now, I don't don't personally, because I serve in both of those roles. I am a natural father to my kids. And so I don't have a right. In fact, once you've met Jesus, you don't try to abuse this right of his grace. You don't say, well, (laughs) look, you have a heavenly father. I'm not perfect. You just got to deal with my my angry self sometimes. You're just going to have to learn to deal with my ugly self sometimes because I'm just a, I mean, after all, I'm just a man. Don't look, don't look to me, look to him. Now, see, I, because I've met Jesus and because of what Cody shared today, I wasn't just saved from something. I was saved unto something. And I was saved unto walking like Jesus who is the father, which lets me know I am called to walk like the father. Every person in this room is called to be a mother and a father to those who are coming behind us. And, and, and that's where the, it's like, oh, I don't, I don't know if I'm qualified. You weren't. Key word, weren't. You weren't qualified until Jesus came and did the finished work for you. He did the work for you so that in him you were qualified. So now because of that, he's working the orphan spirit out of me so that I can demonstrate the father spirit to those around me. He's working that orphan spirit out of me so that in my natural home, I'm trying to father my natural daughters the way the father fathers me. In the same way spiritually, I as a spiritual father, there are those that look to me as a spiritual father and would say, I'm I'm following, like Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. There are people in my life that are saying I'm following him as he's following Christ. God calls people into relationships. He calls sons to fathers. We talked about this last week in the last days. He'll turn the hearts of sons to fathers, fathers to sons. Don't make the mistakes that I have made in my life where you say, oh, I couldn't, I'm too young, I'm too this, I'm unqualified. You don't have a right to disqualify yourself if God qualified yourself. Isn't it interesting that somehow internally we actually think we have more power than him when he said, Lord, son, I've called you to be a spiritual father. And I, you can't, it's almost, it's like sacrilegious to even have these words come out of my mouth to say, Lord, you missed that one. I'm unqualified. For the record, when he speaks, it is. It is. Remember when he spoke to the fig tree, cursed the fig tree, and it died, and the disciples were like, bro, tree's dead. <laughs> Did you see what I, and Jesus like, I know, because when I speak, it is. That's what's so powerful about prophecy is when God releases prophetic words to you, he's declaring what you are, not just what you will be, what you are. Now, here's what happens sometimes is people, people judge fruit. So the Lord calls you something. He, he, he declares that, that you are this. And then people will come and look. It's like it's, it'd be the equivalent of coming up to an apple tree in the middle, middle of winter. And someone walking up beside you and you'd be like, man, I wonder what kind of tree that is. And you say, oh, that's an that's apple tree. And you're going, no, there ain't no apples on that tree. <laughs> Does apples on the tree make it an apple tree? No. Now, eventually, if, if, the, if the apple tree gets healthy, will it produce fruit? So everybody go, yep, I knew it, apple tree. <laughs> Just because you're not producing the fruit of what God's called you to yet doesn't mean that's not what you are. Let me just say this, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, even though you still got some unrighteous acts in you. The fruit ain't there yet. But here's the thing, I don't have the right to say I'm unrighteous because I have unrighteous fruit. I have to say what he says about me. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And what happens is, is the more I say what he says about me, unrighteous fruit turns into righteous fruit. And guess what? Righteous fruit doesn't just benefit you. Righteous fruit benefits those around you, also known as fathering, also known as mothering. Let's see here. Romans 8. I'm just going to read some scriptures because you've got to get this down in your heart. Romans 8, verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, notice this, led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out. Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness. Can't see through the tears? The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God and of children then heirs heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ Galatians 4 4 through 6 but when the fullness of time had come God sent forth his son born of a woman born under the law to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons and because you are sons God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Do you start to see it over and over and over and over again, you have been adopted. You've been adopted. You were born an orphan with no father. But you've been adopted. Now you have a father. I, uh, I'm going to skip some of this. I, I'm almost out of time, but I really wanted to share this part, so I'm going to skip skip down I'm going to say this and I'm going to get judged after I if you follow my instructions I'm going to get judged Um, but I can handle it there's this movie it's got lots of F words in it I'm just going to put it right on out there (laughs) just get it out (laughs) there's a lot of F words in this movie it's called the short term 12 anybody ever seen the movie short term 12 didn't think so it's an independent film stumbled across it late one night, genuinely believe I was spirit-led to watch this movie that had F-words in it. Just gotta put it out there, just feel like I need to make it as clear as I can possibly make Bunch of them, bunch of them. <laughs> so now if you choose to watch it, you were warned. But I'll tell you why that there was so much of that. Because this this movie was about this home kids, orphans, who had been hurt, had been abused, had been left, were still being abused, could go, and it was a safe home for troubled teenagers. And in this, in this movie, I think every now and then we just need a, a bit of a wake-up call as to the world around us. Some of us have it so good it's hard to realize how bad others have it. And I watched this movie and I, I've told people this before. It was the first time I cried out loud at a movie. Like, you know how like men don't want to admit like when a scene happens and they got a tear? Well, you can't hide when you go. <clears throat> <laughs> that's, a, that's a hard one to hide. <laughs> you just act like you got the hiccups. <gasps> oh, excuse, excuse me, you got the hiccups. But I, I sat there and I remember the scene, and I watched it again just the other day, just to remind myself of the impact it had on me. And there was this, this young black guy in the movie, and he was fixing to get out. He was turning 18, and he had to leave. On his 18th birthday, he had to leave. And a um, couple things. He wanted to share a, a rap song with, his, with his, one of his counselors. And what was a beautiful thing to watch is the, the, the unbelievable patience that these counselors had because they were aware that they were orphans. They were aware of where they came from. It's very indicative of our heavenly father. It's incredible how patient he is while we're working out our orphan spirit. Incredible. And he goes to share this, he says he wants to share this rap with his counselor and he tells that counselor, he's like, it's got a lot of F words in it. He's like, that's okay. And he begins to share this rap. It's actually a pretty good little rap. But uh, it was just, it just, it was a rap of such brokenness, talking about how his mom didn't want him. And it, it was kind of hard to put two and two together because right before he's getting out, they asked me if he wanted anything before he got out. And he asked, because he had, he had a little bit of hair, and he said, before I get out, can I shave my head? And it seemed like an inconspicuous thing of why that was the only request he had as he left was, can I shave my head? And um, I'm kind of ruining the movie, but like I said, it has a lot of F words in it, so you may not want to (laughs) watch. Towards the end of the movie, he shares this rap, you start to realize that this kid has been very, very abused by his mom. At the, at the very end of the movie, they, they shave his head and he, he has a hard time looking in the mirror because all he had hoped to see for the first time was a shaved haircut with no lumps where he had been abused. And I, wa- I mean, I watched this and I just, and there's more to this movie, it, it just broke my heart. But as much as it broke my heart, there's, there's, there's victory in all, a lot of these stories But as I was was watching this, this unbelievable dysfunction in some of these kids because of the unbelievable things that they had gone through, I watched as these counselors put up with F-bombs, put up with kids throwing cake in their face, watching as these counselors were just so patient that they would, as the kids would have their meltdown, they would hold the kids down by their arms, let them call them every name in the book. And they were just so patient, why? Because they understand. understood they're only this way because of what they came from. And I just felt this overwhelming sense of the heavenly father saying, look, I know where you came from, I know what you've been through and I don't need you to have it all together. I'm a father to orphans and sometimes orphans because of the degree of their pain, they lash out They do things. They don't just fix their behavior overnight. But the father's so patient. He's so patient. When we don't know how to act, when we don't know how to talk, when we don't know how to do relationship, we still don't know how to father our own kids. We still don't know how to be a a mother to our own kids. We don't know how to be a husband to our wives. We don't know how to be a wife to our husband. Why? Because that orphan spirit's not all the way out. And I'm here to tell you today, the father is patient. He understands what it's like raising orphans. But what, it just yearns in him for you to get to the place where you know who he really is. You know who he really is. I, just, and I'll just breeze through it. Look, I'll just have to paraphrase because I don't really have time. But In Luke, the 15th chapter, there's a story of the prodigal son. And what's interesting about this story of the prodigal son is both sons, there was not just one son in the story. There were two sons. Both sons struggled from an orphan spirit because one didn't understand the goodness of his father and thought the only way he'll ever get his is if he gets it now and goes and does something himself with it. He says, Father, can I have my half now? And he takes it and he goes, thinking that somewhere in taking that money and leaving his father, he'll actually find himself. All the while not understanding, you'll only find yourself when you're in him. But when the son finally realizes, "I, I was called to be in my father's house. I was called to be with him. He still didn't understand the father because he came back ready to repent, to return as a slave, no longer a son. Why? Because something in us and him believes that performance equals sonship. No, faith in Jesus equals sonship. And sonship starts to produce better performance. But the same thing happened with the older one. He says, the older of the two is out there working. Here's all the festivities and all that. He's like, hey, what's going on? Hey, we're having a party because your brother. He says, I ain't going. I ain't going to his party. How come dad did could be no ribeye? He, he didn't go. Why? He says, no, hey, I, I've been here serving you all this time. I've been here serving you all this time. And I didn't and get no party. Again, what did he think? One thought wrong behavior got him kicked out of the house. One thought right behavior was keeping him in. And he says to them, he says, No. He says, it's all, it's all been yours this whole time. But what I love is that the father didn't scold either one of them. Why? Because they were orphan spirits. He celebrated the one to show him how good he was. Oh, you think you're going to come back as a servant? Well, we're going to have a party. And I'm going to get you some, some new shoes, a new ring, a new robe, because I guess that was a thing back then. We're going to celebrate. And then to the, even the one that said, I ain't even coming to the party, he said, no, look, no big deal, but you just need to know all that I have is yours because you're a son. The Father is extremely patient and kind with us as we work out orphan behavior, and it's resting and settling into his goodness and into his kindness that actually works out the orphan spirit. You can't perform your way out of an orphan spirit. You have to rest your way out of an orphan spirit. Settle in who you are in Christ and what Jesus has done in you. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed our podcast today. You can find out more about our ministry at RenewLifeChurch.com or on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Also, our app is available for download so that you can.